My account security, which is how we secure our online accounts with passwords, biometrics, and other forms of authentication, has been developed through trial and error over many years. And although everybody has a different threat model that might require a different type of security, I thought it might be helpful to walk you through my own strategy, which I've boiled down to seven simple laws that govern how I approach security for each of my accounts. And I'm not saying that I'm perfect. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna share with you one of the biggest account security mistakes that most people make, and I'm consciously guilty of it too. By the time we're done, you're gonna have a more clear framework for making decisions about your own account security. This video is being sponsored by Delete Me, a service I've used for years now to erase my personal information on the internet, and I recommend for anybody who cares about their privacy online. Learn more at joindeleteme.com slash allthingssecured. Okay, let's start with two simple rules that tend to really overlap each other and guide most of what I do. First, thou shalt not put all thy security eggs in one basket, which hopefully makes sense. And second, thou shalt create a separation of security powers. This separation is the reason you don't hear me talking much about Apple Keychain or browser-based password managers. I'm not saying that Keychain is a bad product or even that it's not secure. I mean, I'd much rather you use some kind of password manager than none at all. But at the end of the day, I don't want any single company to hold too much control over my information and security. Even though I enjoy using Apple products and I still have a Google account, this law means that I use a separate internet browser, a separate password manager, a separate authenticator app, and so on. Now, when it comes to locking down my accounts online, the next five laws are built in order of priority. So whether it's my Facebook account, a bank account, or even something as benign as a Pinterest account, here's my strategy. First, always use unique passwords that are 15 or more characters in length. Obviously, I use a password manager for this, and I tested seven of them recently that you can watch here, but it's entirely possible to do this on your own with a pen and paper. Next, if an account allows for two-factor authentication, always use it. Again, it doesn't matter how silly or insignificant the account is, I wanna create the habit of always enabling two-factor authentication. If an account allows for a physical security key, I use it. I set up both my primary and backup key on every new account that offers this, which continues to be adopted by more and more accounts. You might be surprised. In the event that an account doesn't accept security keys, and I deem it to be a sensitive account, perhaps a financial account or an account that if somebody got into it, they could wreak serious havoc on my life, I set up and store authenticator codes separately. For me, this would be a standalone authenticator app of which there are so many to choose from. Now here's where it gets a little dicey. If what I deem to be a common account only allows for authenticator codes, I store those codes in my password manager with my passwords. I know, I know, I'm goes completely against rule number one that states thou shalt not put all thy security eggs in one basket. And this is a common account security mistake I see most people make. They store all of their 2FA authenticator codes in their password manager. But my take is this, there are many accounts, let's say for example, my streaming accounts or company loyalty accounts where I still believe in the value of two-factor authentication, 
but I also prefer, con prefer convenience over security. That's part of my own threat model. So yes, I am guilty of a pretty common security mistake, storing 2FA codes with my passwords, but I'm very intentional about which accounts that I do this with. Now, before I finish up with four newer laws that I'm still ironing out, but have become very important to me, did you know that recently the FTC in the United States for the first time prohibited a data broker from selling sensitive location data about consumers? This is a growing problem, and it's not just one broker. There are thousands of them out there. A service like Delete Me, whom I use and who have graciously sponsored this video, searches all of these brokers and makes a legal request on your behalf to have all of your personal information removed. They can't sell what they don't have, and this is another way that you can protect your privacy online. Get a special 20% off when you visit joindeleteme.com slash allthingssecured, or if you're not in the US, visit international.joindeleteme.com. Let's finish up with four more account security laws that I'm slowly starting to implement on my own accounts and are worth considering for yours. First, all new accounts are being created with an email alias. I should have done this earlier, but better late than never, right? I'm not going back through old accounts to change the email because in many cases, they won't even let you do that. But from here on out, every new account not only gets a unique password, but also a unique username email address. If you don't know how to do this, I have an entire video dedicated to email aliases that you can watch. Second, when it comes to apps on my mobile device, if an app allows for biometric lock, that's either your face scan or a fingerprint, I use that, and if not, I try to use a unique pin. Not one that opens up my phone, because that adds very little security, but a unique pin. A good app should allow at least one of these. Third, if SMS text verification codes are absolutely necessary, and thankfully this is becoming less and less common, I use a private virtual number to receive those codes, not my primary phone number. I mean, not even my parents know this private number because honestly, they don't need to. The only thing I use it for is when a phone number is required and I don't wanna give out my real number. Finally, I'm getting asked a lot about passcodes. And my thoughts on this might be a little bit controversial. You see, based on my understanding, if I were to rank account security from least secure to most secure, it would be passwords only, passwords plus SMS or authenticator codes, passcodes, and then password plus physical security key. I still think a physical security key is more secure than a passcode because it can't be easily replicated. So are pass keys better than using just a password alone? Sure, but are they God's gift to online security? Until somebody convinces me otherwise, I'm saying no. So my tentative law here is that if an account doesn't accept a physical security key, but it does allow for pass keys, and honestly, I don't think there's many that fall into this category, then a pass key is acceptable. Those are my seven laws of account security and four follow-ups that make up my personal strategy. How does it compare to yours? What's different and what are the ways that we can both improve? Leave a comment and let's have a discussion.